everybody. It is so good to see everyone. I always love seeing everybody's face and getting to be church together with all of you. Those of you online, I'm glad you're here too. It is great to be together. Well, I want to let you in on a little dream I have of mine, and it is to rock climb. I know that sounds crazy. In my mind, though, it sounds exhilarating. I think, oh my goodness, wouldn't it be amazing to just scale this like massive rock face, get to a summit, and you do it like on sheer strength and strategy, and you get up there and you can see just forever. I love nature. I love being out in nature. I feel so close to God when I'm out in nature. And I just think it would be an amazing thing for Jeff and I to be able to do together. I love doing hobbies together. And often, I don't know, he's just so good at so many things that I'm not actually great at. <laughs> and I love things that he, he's like, eh, I'm not that interested in it. So I just think this would be an incredible uh, just hobby to have together. It would be just awesome. Now, I want you to picture this. Okay, this past summer, my family and I, we went to this little waterfall. We love going out for hikes together. So we went to this little waterfall. And it's a beautiful little waterfall. And it's kind of set into this hill. And so we're, we went, checked out the waterfall, and then we come back, and there's like, you can actually get up to the top of the waterfall if you climb this steep hill. Like, it's, it's actually not that crazy steep. It's not like straight up or anything, but, you know, you climb up this steep hill, and you can get up to the waterfall, and you can kind of jump around, uh, jump while scale around in the waterfall. And so, of course, my kids are all in. They, they run up this steep hill and then Jeff follows after them to make sure nobody you know does anything crazy on the waterfall so I'm like okay well let's go I'm gonna go up this hill too while I start climbing up this hill and I'm getting up there I'm definitely far behind everybody else and I look back and all of a sudden I'm like breathing heavier and feeling like, oh my gosh, and my, I feel frozen. I'm like stuck on the side of this. It's not a mountain, it's a hill. Okay, I want to go mountain climbing, but I get stuck on the side of this hill. So I sit down, I look up, looking for somewhere to go to feel safe. No, can't find anywhere. I look over, I can't, I can't. So I'm like, okay, I'll turn around, I'll just start going back. But it's like the ground was magnetic. I don't know if any of you have ever felt like this, but it felt like I was literally getting pulled towards the ground. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit here and take in the view. So I sat down on the side of this hill, and there's people walking below me. I'm just sitting there. But the view was actually just a few trees in a road on the other side of the trees. So I'm pretty sure people knew that I, I wasn't actually taking the view. <laughs> so I'm sitting there. People are climbing by me. I'm like, oh, God, help. <laughs> I can't get off this hill. And I was, I, I was just overcome with this feeling of being stuck. I was stuck. And I'm the one that wants to go on this rock climbing adventure. And so finally, I turn around, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to just crawl my way up to the top of this hill. And I knew I couldn't look at the waterfalls. They were literally just over there, these gorgeous waterfalls. I could have just taken it in, but no. So I'm picking my way up, grabbing onto roots, like trying to get up to where there's this railing that I can climb over and get on a path that seems a little more stable. I make my way up there, and, you know, I finally get up there. And the truth is that at this point, I'm pretty sure Jeff would never want to go rock climb with me because... <laughs> That would be scary for him because, you know, when you go rock climbing on a face, that, maybe not a hill, but on a face like that, you need to be able to trust each other. 
You need to be able to rely on each other. You need to be able to guide each other through the tough spots and stay level-headed. You need to be able to hold the rope for each other. And, you know, I am clearly terrible with heights. And so climbing a difficult rock face, I would not be the one you would want with you. Uh, you have to clip ropes into and clips into spots and really support each other through it. So survival in a rock climb is not really just dependent on skill, though clearly I didn't really have the skill. But Jeff would probably have the skill and the strength to be able to climb up a rock face. But he, he also needs to be able to answer, if I fall, who am I going to trust to catch me? Who am I going to trust to hold the rope? And so life is kind of like that, isn't it? It's like traveling through kind of mountains and valleys. And who do we want holding the rope when we're climbing the rock face? You know, who is trustworthy enough to have that kind of power over your fate? So I want you to ask yourself that question. Who is trustworthy enough to hold the rope? Who do I want holding the rope in my life as I navigate these mountains, these rock faces, these places in my life that I have to climb? Last week, we looked at being stuck in a moment that you just can't get out of, much like me sitting on the side of that hill. <laughs> I was stuck in a moment that I felt like I couldn't get out of. You know, we looked at Moses and the Israelites being trapped between the Red Sea and the Egyptian army. And we discussed how to set us free in love. Sometimes God will lead us into circumstances or use circumstances that only he can solve for us. And we went to the scripture, this scripture in Exodus 14, 1 to 4. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Phihahithro, between Migdal and the sea, in front of Baal Zephon. You shall camp facing it by the sea, for Pharaoh will, see, will say of the people of Israel, They are wandering in the land, and the wilderness has shut them in. And then I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. And I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Now, if we continue to read down in Exodus 14, you know, God instructs Moses and he says this, Lift up your staff, stretch your hand over the sea, and divide it. And the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And God did just that, right? Moses lifted up his hand over the sea. He lifted up his staff. God divided the water all of the Israelites got to the other side, and Pharaoh and the Egyptians and his army were completely, completely decimated, and God absolutely got the glory. Now, if we fast forward now about 40 years, okay, Moses has navigated mountains and valleys, figuratively speaking, with the Israelites for these 40 years all through the wilderness, but he never got to step foot in the promised land. You know, and by this point, they have seen God do so much, the Israelites. Manna provided daily for them. You know, water from a rock. Ten commandments were given them with power and authority. Fire and cloud leading them. Clothes that didn't wear out. Shoes that didn't wear out. Battles that were won miraculously by God. Voices from the mountain. The tabernacle was built. So many things that God did that he clearly showed who he was. Much like we were singing today. I mean, how many songs do we sing about thinking about, and even Rachel was talking about, what has God done for you? How has he shown you who he is? Let's remember these things. And so they learned, they learned about God's faithfulness, and they had to live in complete dependency on God. 
complete dependency. Everywhere they went, he led them. So clearly, a pillar of fire by night, a pillar of cloud by day. There was no denying he was leading them. Now, here we are in the book of Joshua. We've gone through all the other books. We've made it to the other side of the wilderness. We're in the book of Joshua now, and Moses has passed away. And the baton of leadership is now passed on to Joshua, who was being mentored under Moses. And uh, he, he got to see all of these things happen. In his time of being mentored, he really learned both what to do and what not to do by being with the Israelites and following Moses. I mean, he saw many times when the Israelites were unfaithful to God. He saw Moses and the mistakes he made. And he saw all of the faithfulness and power that God showed through those years. He is literally steps from the promised land. And Joshua and the Israelites now are facing you know, a familiar obstacle. Once again, they are at a huge body of water that is keeping them from where they're supposed to go, where God is taking them. And so at this point, Joshua has, he has a choice. He has a choice between, could, he's gonna, he can deal with this on his own terms, his own way, kind of climb this obstacle the way he's just seen it done before with sheer strategy and strength, or he can give the rope to God and say, God, I trust you as our guide. I trust you as the one who can hold this rope for me. So he could either do what he saw Moses do. He could just lift up his arm and his staff and and expect God to part the water, or he can say, God, what would you like to do in this moment? How do I lead these people in this moment? And it can be tempting in our journey through life to look at it in a formulaic way, to go, God always did it this way, or God did it for this person this way, and so therefore he's going to do it this way again. And really just try to use strategy and strength to get through our life and to get through the challenging points in life rather than depending on the presence of God. Take, for example, parenting. I know not all of you have been parents, but some of you have, and I think most of us would know enough about parenting. So parenting, I have six kids, and each one of them is unique from the other. And there is a myriad of parenting books out there. And when I first became a parent, I tried to start reading parenting books. I tried to look for the formula and how to raise a kid to where they need to be, and there wasn't one. Every single kid is unique, And circumstances are unique, and how they have to navigate life is unique. And if I look at it formulaic, I become rigid in the way I parent, rather than seeing what they need. So what God really instilled into my heart is you need to pray and ask me what this child needs in different circumstances of life. And when I may want to be harsh and firm, maybe God's asking me to be soft. Another time I'm like, oh, but they're just like this. He's like, no, you need to stand your ground, you know, or they need this. And so, you know, we can often approach our journey in life like that or even see others like that where we're like, there's a formula. This is how you get to where you need to go. This is how I got here, so this is how I'm going to get there. Or this is how I got here, so you should get here like this too. Rather than approaching it from a place of trust and obedience to God. And Joshua saw firsthand how important, how important obedience is to God in watching the life of Moses. See, a moment ago, I talked about Moses leading the children of God out of slavery. He led them through the wilderness. He led them through so many things, but he didn't get to lead them into the promised land. He didn't get to go into that promised land. And do you know why he couldn't go there? 
disobedience. A moment of formulaic, or I think it should go this way. One moment robbed him of that being able to walk into the promised land. God said to him, well, actually, the Israelites came to him and were like, Moses, we're going to die out here like they did over and over again. You know, why would you lead us here? We have no water. And so he's like, okay. He goes to God. God gives him the answer. He didn't even just be like, oh, well, let's go dig and find some water. No, he actually went to God. God gave him an answer in Numbers 20. God said, speak to the rock and water will flow. But Moses instead struck the rock because that makes more sense in his mind, I'm sure. It would in mine too. And so now listen to this. In Numbers 20, 12, it says, But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust me enough. I want to say that again. Because you did not trust me enough. And honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites. You will not bring this community into the land I give them. Wow. Ouch. That's brutal. I would feel so sad in that moment. And yet God was so clear. You didn't trust me. He didn't say you disobedient child. He said, you didn't trust me enough. And so to God, obedience matters. It's about trust. It's not about this lording over you. and rah. It's about this trusting relationship and believing that God actually knows best and he's going to lead you well. That when he holds the rope, you will not fall to your death, but he's leading you well. It's not just a bunch of formulaic rules. You know, sometimes people say the Bible is just a bunch of rules. No, the Bible is a story of relationship. And so here, Joshua and the Israelites, right across from the promised land, facing an old problem a huge body of water that is in the way, much like the beginning of their journey. And you know, I find often when you're about to take a step into a new season, expect to find an old problem there. How many times have you gotten ready to step into something new? You just know God's taking you there. And then something, you're like, how am I facing this again? I swear I dealt with this issue already. I swear I'm already, I already uprooted this thing. I, you know, I did what I needed to. God did some healing. How many times has anybody experienced that? You're literally about to step into something God has for you, and then all of a sudden you're like, what? What is this? What is this doing here again? It could be old pain, old temptation, an old relationship, old struggles. It really doesn't matter. Something sitting there in the way of you getting to where you know God is taking you. And so in a new season, their new season was across the river on the other side of the Jordan, right? But they needed to, they needed to stop. So how easy would it have been for Joshua to just say, well, look, guys, I know exactly how to do this. Here's my staff. Here's my hand. We're going to do this. Okay, guys, just wait a second. There he goes. He does it. He could have done it that way, but instead, he chose to trust in God. Instead, he said, God, here's the rope. Guide me on this climb. These seasons of stepping into new things and facing familiar obstacles can actually be very, very challenging and seem very intimidating. 
It can actually feel like you're stuck, like you're walking in circles. And, you know, really, you're on the verge of this new season. But, you know, they had walked for a long time. I wonder how, how much it was tempting to be like, oh, here we are again, stuck. You know, and I think when we face those old things, sometimes it can feel like, here again, I'm stuck. I'm never getting to that promise. It can feel very disheartening. But I encourage you, please don't let old problems don't let the old things that pop up discourage you from holding on to those promises. Because the key to passing this spiritual test is twofold. It's trust the right person to hold the rope and then hold on to the promise that they gave you. I know God has given each one of you a promise. And maybe, maybe it's not something like, you know, specific. But in the Bible, there are clear promises he has given each one of us. You know, and the promise for the Israelites, it, it never changed. God told them he was giving them this land, and Josh, Joshua was holding on to that promise. He was continually asking God the directions of how to get there. He never lost sight of the promise. He just was asking God, how do I get to this? You told me I was going here. You told us we're going here. Now how do I get there? Now let's read in Joshua 1, 2 to 3. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I'm going to give them, to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I will give to you, just as I promised to Moses. See, there you go. God reaffirmed his promise to them. So as you climb, trusting who is holding your rope makes a huge difference. Because really, isn't that where our promise comes from? If we put our trust in something else, it changes the promise. Because we need to hold on to, we need to give that rope to the, the person who said, here's the promise. He knows how to get us there. God is not only there for you when you fall, but he's there to guide you as you climb. Joshua had never led to where he was going, nor, nor had he, God ever asked him to lead there. This is all new, new space. This is a brand new step, a brand new season, but it's not a brand new person, nor is it a brand new promise. Joshua knows the importance of holding on to God, and I just want to encourage you guys that as you navigate and journey through this life, remember the importance of holding on to the promises that God gave you and trusting in the one who gave you the promises. He knew that God was the only one who was trustworthy to hold the rope. All the things he saw God do in the wilderness absolutely proved it. God proved his faithfulness over and over and over again. And really, for us, we can look at those stories. Look at manna. I mean, there's such a lesson in there. Daily provision, daily dependence on God. The pillar and the fire, the pillar of fire and cloud. You know, this dependency on him to lead and give direction. The dependency on him to find rest and peace. And so in earlier seasons in your life, maybe you've seen God teach you things or show you how to trust him or heal you or show you how to trust again after a failure. You know, and I, I want to encourage you to 
to remember those things. Remember those things that God has done in your life, just as Joshua looked back and remembered those things. So while Joshua may not have been there, um, sorry, hold on a second. Joshua may not have ever been here before. He knows who God is. He knows that God is faithful to keep promises. And God just said, I will give you the land that you're about to step foot on. You know, he knows God is a promise-keeping God. And he knows that he needs to listen and obey. Those are the two things he knows. You know, those are the two things we can know. God will always keep his promises, and we need to listen and obey. So Joshua, instructed by the Lord, has to take a totally different step of obedience. Let's read this scripture together. Joshua 3, 11 to 13. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, before, now therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when their soles of their feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters from the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. It is important to find the promise. Joshua knew God promised this land to the Israelites. God also kept reminding him of that promise and his intention to fill it. So it is so important to be anchored to that promise that God has given you. It is vital to listen and obey to what God is asking you to do. God gave clear, specific instructions to Joshua for him to obey. And I know he has given each one of us clear, specific instructions. But it is also what is good is that if... What is... What? Oh my goodness. Blech. But what good is it if God doesn't go with you? You know, what good is it to know the importance of the promise? What good is it to listen and obey, you know, and have all these things in your head if the presence of God isn't with you? Joshua did not just go by formulas, but he went to relationship and trust. He asked God to guide him, and God promised to go with him. Before this moment, three times, God says this to Joshua. And it's in Joshua 1, 6 to 7. You guys probably have heard this before. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. God gave encouragement and clear instructions. Basically, he's saying, Joshua, climb. I've got the rope. I've got you. Remember how earlier I mentioned that climbing, it's, it's not just about being super skilled. It's not just about, you know, having strength and strategy. But it's really about when you fall, who's going to be there holding the rope? Not only is God holding the rope, but he is looking on and instructing you as you climb. He's not just holding disinterested, like, you know, barely paying attention to your life. 
He is paying attention to every detail. And he wants to tell you exactly where to put your foot and your hand to get up to that summit, to get up to that promise that he's given you. You know, he goes with you everywhere you go. You are not navigating this life alone with a bunch of kind of general rules just to kind of follow. He is there ready to guide you through his Holy Spirit to places of promise in your life. I will never leave you or forsake you. So we can be confident saying this, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So here's what I would encourage you today. Find the person. It is not about a formula in your life. It's about trusting relationship with God. He is the only person trustworthy enough to hold the rope. So when you want to go to those places and say, I know exactly how to navigate this, are you pausing and saying, God, what do I do here? It is really, really easy, I've found, especially in the busy seasons of life or the painful seasons of life, to just kind of go to those things that seem the easiest, that seem to make sense, that seem straightforward. But God often works in unconventional and unusual ways. And we need to leave him room to, to, to navigate us through seasons his way, not our way. Because he can see beyond where we are. You know when you're rock climbing? Really, you're like this with the rock face. And sometimes you're under ledges, you're beside things. You really can't see the summit. But he can. And you can't see the things that are coming your way you know, the loose rocks. You can't see where maybe there's no foothold at all, but he can. And so it's important to allow him to be the voice that guides you because he can see beyond where you can. And you have to trust that when he says, put your hand here, even if it feels really awkward, even if it feels like an impossible stretch, that he knows you well enough and he knows the path well enough that he's taking you the right way. So find the person. Trust the promise. What has God promised you? So on a general scale, on a general level, he's promised all of us eternal life, hope, peace, joy, rest, and more and more and more in his word. Just those promises alone, if we went to those things, actually would cause us to get beyond some of the things we're navigating, and be able to trust him. If we knew, if we truly trusted that God was going to give us these things, if we really anchored into those things, every time we faced a problem, we would have no hesitation trusting God. So sometimes I have to ask myself, am I actually believing that God is who he says he is? Am I actually trusting that God is going to give me hope, joy, peace, Am I living like my life is eternal or just temporal? And so when we go to these promises, even if we don't look at the specific things he may be speaking into your heart, those alone, you know, is incredible. And we can trust God to guide us through to these things because he is faithful to keep all of his promises. And make your next step an obedient step. We must hand God the rope and listen to his guidance. We are never going to get to those promises if we don't. You know, we cannot reach the summit if we don't listen. Maybe we've handed God the rope, 
but we're refusing to go the direction he's asking. Maybe we said, God, here, have my life. Hold the rope. I know you'll catch me if I fall. Sweet, I have eternal life. But now he's getting into the specifics of your life, and you're saying, actually, I think I'm going I'm to go up this way. Actually, I think I'm going to sit here for a while. What good is that? You never make it to the summit because you end up falling over and over or you end up stuck on a ledge, you know? So we absolutely have to be listening to his voice and paying attention and doing what he asks. So in the mess that is life, there is one thing that I've read in the story of this book and that I find true in my life, that Jesus alone promises, I'll never leave or forsake you. Everyone and everything else will fail you at some point. Even the best of people, they will fail you at some point. They cannot be the one to hold the rope. But God, he never, ever, ever will. So are we saying what, God, what Moses said to God in Exodus 33? If your presence doesn't go with us, then don't send us from here. Are we willing to obey to the point of like, I won't go to there, or I won't go to here, or absolutely do this if you ask, just to remain in the presence of God? Are we living like Joshua, looking to relationship rather than formulas to get us to the summit, to get us through the difficult places in life? When it comes to eternal or earthly life, who are you trusting to hold your rope? So let's pray this morning to God and maybe just take a moment to examine, are there areas in your life that you're holding on to the rope? Or maybe you're giving to something else. Maybe you're trusting a job or a person or a strategy. Or maybe you've been like, I can do this on my own. Who needs a rope? But we know that doesn't go very well usually when you're scaling big mountains. And so let's take a moment and just let God search us. And, and pray. Father, you are the faithful Father. A hundred percent, all the time, always faithful. You have never, ever failed to keep a promise. To the point, Jesus, of sending, like coming to earth and dying on the cross. A promise that you made from the beginning of time. And so God, search us. We so often think we know the way. We so often think that we've got this figured out. But God, we usually don't. And so God, I pray that you will show us where we're putting our trust in something that's not you. God, where we're not waiting for your presence to lead us where we're being self-reliant and independent. God, we need you to hold the rope. Thank you that you are so good. Thank you that you are so good to teach us, to catch us when we fall. It's not if, it's when, God. Sometimes we just lose our footing. Thank you that you offer to be here to guide us and that you will never fail us. You will never leave us or forsake us. We love you, Jesus. We depend on you. We need you. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.